It's time to talk politics. It's Hardline on News Radio 930 WBEN. And welcome to the second hour of Hardline. This is Kevin Hardwick joining us live in studio, Erie County Republican Chair Nick Langworthy. Uh, he'll be taking your calls later if you want to start lining up. Uh, 803-0930 is the number to call. But helping me for the first segment anyway with the interrogation will be Ryan Whalen of Capital Tonight, Spectrum News, and Dave Graber of uh, Channel 4. Gentlemen, let me uh, ignore Nick for a minute, and I've got some business uh, to uh, uh, talk about with you. Um, Ryan, uh, you guys are just coming. You're sweating. Where? What, what is this? Is it, uh, is it Nick's presence here? You're worried about questioning this guy or what? <laughs> We, uh, Dave and I were trying to figure out how much we would actually talk about this when we, when we showed up. Yeah, we do, we do play a basketball game on Sunday. Uh, so we, we you, cut out the last half hour to come join us. This is normal. And, and my understanding, Dave, is that this, um, this is a media league or something. Yeah. It's, 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 it's actually a lot of can fun. Can you name names? I mean, we can name names. Some of the people you probably don't know. I, I think the we critics have critic. Pretty much every, yeah, the critics critic. Uh, I think we have pretty much every uh, station, station represented. Yeah, yeah. So it's great. I mean, yeah. it's one of those things where you're, we are in a deeply competitive market. Um, but on Sunday mornings, all that competition only is for basketball. It's, it's, it's fantastic. Still gets a little chippy. It sometimes. got a little chippy today, but it was good. Really, really. So, uh, so uh, who is not with me and Dave? No. Who has uh, uh, Ryan? Who has the better shooting percentage from you know field goal percentage? You or uh, you know you or Graber? Uh, Dave's a little better shooter. I'm. I, I, oh, I you're, you're, you're the ball handler. I, I I play bigger than I look. That's true. Ryan is an incredible rebounder. Ryan under the boards is. <laughs> that like sounds like a left-handed compliment. No, somehow. it's absolutely no. I'm, I'm serious. You he, know, by, he by the way, hard. by the way, uh, um, you know, Ryan, Nick, we'll get around to you eventually. Don't worry, Nick. Nick, Nick we'll Langworthy, the Erie County Republican shot, chair, is here, but he's not important right now. Um, Ryan, Ryan, you, you may not have known, but, uh, but Dave and I have a Binghamton connection. I mean, I grew up in Binghamton and came here in 1989. He was the, uh, an anchor down there at WBNG, the right. big, uh, the big station. I mean, is the huge station there. Um, and, and I was going to, uh, uh, give him a prize for being here. Okay. I thought about, it. I had a, <laughs> a bottle of, uh, uh Salamita state fair speedy oh, sauce. So I was going to give it to him. But then I, I, I remembered you told me once that you were, you were like a celebrity winner of the speedy Fest contest you actually cook on the side or make- several several years running uh me and the meteorologist participated and won the celebrity speedy cook-off and then in addition to that there were some different cooking competitions that i participated in and uh ended up winning so it was I, a lot of fun. i think we're going to come back in a few weeks and you'll be the guest for yeah. the entire offer hour and you and i'll just talk speedies now, now nick, nick langworthy is also here nick do you do you know what a speedy is i've had plenty of speedies oh, i travel the state quite a bit as you know kevin so good. i i know the regional cuisine Good for you. Good for you. Well, do you think that that'll, that that all that travel will ever parlay itself into something big, like being, oh, I don't know, state Republican chairman? Well, uh, let's let's. Uh... Whoa. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> I like. That's Whoa. a great way to go. All right. Here we go. You you guys are wishing you brought the cameras now, for this yeah. now. Yeah. Well, good morning, everybody. Uh, well, thanks for having me. And... No, no. Answer the question. Go. Do you think you'll ever be state chairman? Well, I I think that you. Know, I have a great working relationship with Ed Cox. He, I, I expect at some point very soon, he will probably let, put let, a capstone on his career. And in the event of a vacancy, I will run for state. Let chair. let well, the let the record show that when he began his response, he said, "I have a great working re- relationship with I don't know fill in the blank and Ed Cox in this case that both uh, Ryan Whalen and uh, Dave Graber rolled their eyes, <laughs> but but then." 
But then the end. So so you do. You I, it's something you want. Listen, I, I you just don't want to kick Ed Cox to the curb. In the Republican Party, we don't do that. We 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 work within our, our system, and he has is the longest tenured uh, state chairman in the country at this point. Uh, he is um, you know finishing off in uh, the governor's race this year. We're very excited about Marcus Molinaro and our opportunities as a party to win our first statewide election since two thousand. And two, it's been a long time and quite a drought. Uh, but like the Bills, I think we can end the drought this year. Uh, we have our state convention coming up uh, May 23rd and 24th in Manhattan. And um, I, I really think it's our ticket is going to gain a, a lot of momentum coming let, out of that. Let, Let's go around the table, ask some questions. I'll ask the first one. Uh, our first hour here, we had Eric Bowen, newly elected New York State Assemblyman. Uh, he was a Democrat. Uh, he is a registered Democrat. He was trying to caucus or conference with the Democrats in Albany. They wouldn't have him. Uh, but he did win election as a Republican. You endorsed him. You were up there holding his hands on election night. I guess some people and, didn't like and that. And some people apparently didn't like that. What was in it for you as a Republican? I mean, he's not conferencing with Republicans. Well, why Why? Why do it? Well, listen, I, we have to be a little different here as Erie County Republicans than you know some of my colleagues in dark red counties where it, it, it's real easy to, to win all elections. Well, you know, we have a lot of assembly districts. This particular one is, is two to one Democrat. Uh, there's not a strong bench of Republican candidates that were looking to run for state assembly that had a credible path to victory. So, you know, we look to have an impact on the final outcome to send the best person that we can find to Albany. I wanted to follow in the footsteps of Mickey Kearns and have someone that is an against the grain, um, you know, independent voice that can go to that assembly, which is so authoritarian, uh, and, and someone that can go shake it up. And I think Eric Bowen uh, can follow in Mickey's footsteps and do just that. And I think with but, the headlines he's created over the but last, but from a party week, standpoint, but from a party standpoint, it doesn't get you any jobs. It doesn't get you much more influence. Is it just a matter of antagonizing the governor, antagonizing the assembly Democrats? Well, he's certainly someone that antagonized them enough to to box him out and put him on an island. So I think that mission's accomplished at that point. Um, <laughs> so it's so not, that you was know, the not point. every decision, <laughs> contrary to popular belief out there, not every decision a party makes is is hinging on jobs or trying to you know feather an an opportunity here. This is a, I felt a better representative for that district to represent them in Albany and someone that will be a stronger, more independent voice for Western New York and Albany. Ryan Whalen from uh, Spectrum uh, News Capital Tonight has a question for Nick Langworthy, Republican chair, Erie County. He's got five months until the September primary comes up. Um, Now, it might be easier for him to just run on the Republican line again rather than go into a three-, four-person primary. Uh, But remember, in the special... He couldn't run if he didn't run on your line Absolutely. because he didn't get the Democratic line. Um, and that's not the case this this fall. Will that? Do you think that would be a bad look for him if he runs on the Republican ticket again? I would expect that he would continue to carry the party's support that got him there in the first place, uh, just like Mickey Kearns did. I mean, Mickey Kearns, uh, you know, my, my counterpart on the other side of the aisle likes to say that he forbids candidates from, um, you know, taking multiple lines. But um, – at the same time, Mickey Kearns every single um, year would take the Republican and conservative endorsement. And what do you know? He was also the endorsed candidate of the Democratic Party. So uh, they knew they couldn't beat him, so they just joined along. Uh, 
I, I, I don't expect the same here in the Democratic primary. Eric's got to make some serious decisions uh, and, and calculations as to what his opportunity to win a Democrat primary is uh, with, you know, the governor's race is going to be the main driver of turnout uh, this year in the Democratic primary with Cynthia Nixon pulling out. You know, it's going to be a race to the far left. I don't know how much le- far left exists in that district, but Eric's got to really get his legs under him and uh, get to work. Dave Graber from Channel 4. Do you think Cynthia Nixon excuse me, is going to be able to take enough of the momentum out um, to give somebody like Mark Molinaro or somebody else a chance? I mean, you're right. This time around, it will be the governor's race that drives people out. But even still, I mean, in a place like Western New York, if you just look at that as a microcosm, that's not going to draw that many people out. We're talking, what, low teens, maybe? Maybe 20%? In, in, I mean, in it's, primary? I, yeah, I, it's, you know, as we just talk about this district, right. I, I do think you're going to see a heightened um, um, turnout because of this primary. People are talking about it now in a big way. I mean, Nixon has changed the game. Uh, they've actually nationalized the race. The, the Republican Governors Association approached Mark Molinaro and the state Republican Party about the race, not the other way around. Normally, it's it's the... You know, the state organization and the candidate chasing the national committee to try to get them in, especially in a place where you're not favored to win. This time they came looking. They're very interested and intrigued by the race. It has been nationalized by her celebrity status. People are talking about it, not just in New York, but around the country. Uh, So as celebrity candidates go, she is she is already tying this governor in knots. Uh, I think he is going to be uh, running around. I mean, see, he's trying to dump Kathy Hochul. I mean, we've we've seen that, and you see more evidence of that on the front page of the Buffalo News today, uh, more regurgitation of that situation. It's ugly, and they have to rectify that situation by the same time frame that we nominate our candidate. May 23rd and 24th is the Democratic Convention, and that's when you'll know if Kathy Hochul gets dumped or not. Oh, that's coming right that's up. Listen, be interesting. listen, another thing coming right up is a break. We have to take a break now. Otherwise, we can't pay for this show. Uh, when we come back, Erie County Republican Chair uh, uh, Nick Langworthy will be here for another round of question by Channel 4's Dave Graber and Ryan Whalen of Spectrum News. I'm Kevin Hardwick. You're listening to Hardline on News Radio 930 WBEN. Uh, this is uh, Joe Beamer's 80s theme. If you have a, you, you know, if you don't want to call us and, and talk to Nick Langworthy, you can call and request an 80s. Uh, come on, Eileen, by Dexy's Midnight Runners for the next one, okay? All right, also, you can text him in, 3930. Text him in, 3930, sure. Um, listen, I'm going to ignore Nick Langworthy, Republican chair for another man. I want to ask Dave Graber. We were talking briefly during the break. You know, tomorrow morning on uh, WBN on the morning show with uh, Susan Rose and Brian Mazarowski. Mark Polenkars is going to be on at 7.20 to talk about his uh, school proposal, his school consolidation proposal. Specifically, a lot of the focus has been on, on Cheektowaga, and you and I were talking briefly. You said the superintendents aren't too happy about this? No, I think there is a conglomerate of superintendents, at least a handful, three, four, five, that um, – are, are are not in favor of this for any number of reasons. Now, it could be that they don't want to give up power in their individual school districts. They don't want to give up you know everything from their salaries to their power. Or it could just be they don't think it's logistically possible. I mean, you have to think about well, well, so, well, so much has they, to go involved they, in this. They have a lot at stake. If you're they talking do. five superintendents and we're going down to one, that means yeah, they're going to they be also musical chairs with, right. with four of them. But I'll tell you, I'll tell you, I, I'll tell you my, my thoughts of it. And I've done a lot of research in this area. Um you know, it, if you were starting from scratch, 
you would not have this many school districts in Erie County. You would not have five plus in Cheektowaga. It, it just makes absolutely no sense. And I think the county executive is right. You can save money on administrative costs. But you have to also figure if you if you take five districts and you merge them into one, yeah, you'll save on administrative costs. But then there's going to be a leveling up. The literature talks about a leveling up when it comes to contracts. Exactly. Because if if one district, one of those five districts makes you know five thousand dollars more average teacher salary on a, on a step, um, you know they're not going to want to give money back, and you're going to bring the other four districts up to that. So all the teachers are going to you know the new teachers contract. They're going to get the best salary schedule. They're going to get the most sick days and the best benefits and everything like that. Why would they Why would they give things up? And that's where the problem comes in. And, and I have some numbers to actually support that. If you look at just, for example, Cheektowaga Central, Cheektowaga Sloan, teachers in Cheektowaga Sloan, 17 years of experience, make $91,000, a little bit over $91,000. The same teachers with the same 17 years of experience in Cheektowaga Central, 64 eight. Two, well, five. I mean, you're talking about large disparities. You're not going to get those teachers with 91,000 saying, well, let's vote for a contract exactly. that gives us 70 or whatever. That, that, therein lies the problem. But again, um, I think if you were starting from scratch, it makes sense. And there may be something you can do. And I, I give the county executive credit for opening up the conversation. Sure. Let's, let's see where, let, let's see where this goes. Again, I think it's going to be a main topic on tomorrow morning news with uh, Susan and, and Brian. Again, the county executive, my understanding, is scheduled to come on at 7.20, so let's hear what he has to say. Oh, there's a Republican chair sitting here. Nick Langworthy, thank you. You're still here. <laughs> I, yeah, I, I am. L- l- listen, <laughs> listen. you were talking about the governor and Kathy Hochul and all that. In the fallout, um, the, uh, I deal a lot. I represent Grand Island in the Erie County Legislature. I deal with Nate McMurray, the supervisor there, who's running for Chris Collins's job on the Democrat line, and his nose was a bit out of shape if you're bent bent uh, a little bit because the governor in effect was throwing not only Kathy Hochul but him under the bus because he wanted Kathy Hochul to run for the job that he's already filed petitions from now on the sidelines are you sitting as a Republican saying oh boy is this great kind of like flounder in animal house or are you saying oh boy if Kathy Hochul ran rather than Nate McMurray Collins may have a real problem I mean, listen, this whole process from, you know, the the charades of having five and six candidates that ultimately they chased off two very credible candidates that had raised over six figures for McMurray, who has since had just a clown shoes level of a campaign. Uh, you know, here here he's uh, and then the governor comes into town and says, well, you know, it would be better if we had Kathy Hochul run. And then Sam Hoyt, uh, who is supposed to be in exile. But the governor had him dispatching messages on his behalf trying to find a way to dump Kathy Hochul into this race because it was the only way they could get rid of her clean. Um, It had nothing to do with running against Chris Collins for Congress. It had everything to do with cleaning out the slate so Andrew Cuomo can switch running. Of course it it did. But but let me ask you again. If Kathy Hochul were the candidate, wouldn't that be – you know, rather nightmarish relative to to Nate McMurray. I mean, is Kathy Hochul would bring a great deal more name ID, but she would also bring the entire portfolio of Andrew Cuomo's tenure as governor of the state of New York with her. So I would welcome that into the race, and we'll love to have a referendum on Andrew Cuomo's policies versus Chris Collins. Ryan Whalen from uh, Spectrum News has a question. So when the governor came to town and, and started endorsing Kathy Hochul for a congressional seat that. Nate McMurray already had um, it was already the candidate for I, I was sitting there thinking he's 
submarining McMurray's campaign right now. And then uh, something interesting happened in the days following. I don't think that that necessarily happened. I think it, I saw it sort of galvanize Democrats around here behind him um, and gave Nate something to talk about and run, a, run on for a couple of days there. Um, do you do you think the governor inadvertently did McMurray a favor when he came and sort of made people in Western New York feel sorry for him? I'm, they already were galvanized with McMurray. Mm-hmm. I mean, this this is not a race to see who could get the leadership of the local Democratic apparatus behind him. This is about taking the message out to the eight counties of the New York 27th Congressional District. I mean, the governor absolutely destroyed McMurray's opportunities to raise money in a big way. I mean, he basically called him a non-competitive candidate. Uh, and, and any opportunity that they may have had to bring national funds in to try to level the playing field against Congressman Collins, I think were absolutely destroyed right, by the Ryan, Ryan raises an interesting question, though. I mean, does the governor actually do him a favor? Does he, in effect, turn him into an independent, a maverick, kind of like Eric Bowen? I mean, we, we had Eric. We talked about uh, uh, him being kind of shunned by the leadership of his, his own party. And now he he parlayed that into an assembly seat. I still don't believe that the district uh, is compatible with his views in the things that he's running on. So, um, you know, unless somehow the the voters changed, I don't think that this candidate or anything that happened to him is going to change it. Because other than, you know, the freebies the Buffalo News is giving him on a very regular basis, uh, I don't think the voters are going to hear much from him because he can't raise money. So I'm sorry. Here today is the Erie County Republican chairman predicting that Chris Collins is going to get reelected. I'm I'm very confident that Congressman Collins will be reelected. Thirty five points is a a lot to overcome. And you would not expect a, a, a candidate with the level of experience like Nate McMurray. Despite his efforts. I mean, that guy is working just about as hard, if not harder, than any candidate out there. He is tirelessly working. And he even admits today, if you saw it in the Buffalo News, the, the story that where he says, I felt really bad when the governor is basically pushing me around and maybe Hochul instead of me. Um, but then there's the half-hearted even – there's the half-hearted – endorsement that he provided today. So, I mean, so what is it worth? I don't think any of it's worth. It's just, as you pointed out before, it's absolutely messy. The, 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 this, discussion has, uh, this discussion in this studio has the momentum of a runaway freight train. And unfortunately, <laughs> unfortunately that, that, that Neil McManus is standing over there in the, uh, the news booth saying, I, wa- I got to get on with news headlines. When we return, the guys and I will be back. I'm Kevin Hardwick. You're listening to Hardline on News Radio 930 WBEN. God bless you, Joe Beamer. You found it. Dexies Midnight Runners, their 80s theme here today. Uh, fantastic. Listen, uh, welcome back to Hardline. Uh, we've got another couple segments with Nick Langworthy, the Erie County Republican chair, joining me live in studio. Dave Graber of Channel 4 News and Ryan, uh, um, uh, Ryan. Ryan Whalen, thank you. Man. I knew it was right. I was waiting. Yeah, I was lost in Dixie's Midnight Runners. Ryan Whalen of uh, Spectrum News Capital tonight. You have a uh, question for Chairman Langworthy. Sure, I've been talking a lot about fusion lately. Uh, your counterpart, Jeremy's on there. I uh, spoke with him this week. Uh, he he thinks it's about time to get rid of fusion voting in New York State. Um, the town chairs, the Democratic town chairs, passed a resolution calling for the end of the Wilson Pagulas. Um, Fusion, nope. fusion, by the way, allows you to combine votes at the end of the night. You can run on the Republican and conservative line and add them together rather than run them ag- running against yourself. So if you took multiple lines, you would basically be running against yourself. So so this uh, really affects you more than 
than Jeremy Zellner in Neary County, doesn't it? Uh, the Conservative Party gets the most votes in Neary County of the third parties. Well, I mean, and there was a time that the Conservative Party endorsed an awful lot of Democrats. I mean, and now I think, you know, Robin Schiminger might be the last, you know, Democrat that carries a conservative line. I mean, this, this really strikes me as a like a sour grapes crybaby response to the loss in the special election. I mean, they're trying to explain away, um, you know, they, they thought they had a gimme. They thought they had uh, this one on ice. Uh, I'm told Pat Burke actually packed up his office Thursday before the special election at the legislature. He was so confident wow. in uh, winning this election. And what do you know? It's a funny thing happens on Election Day. People actually vote. And they didn't choose their candidate that they thought because he had a five to one spending advantage by every special interest, you know, in union under the sun. And they had a two to one enrollment uh, advantage. They didn't think the, the guy running on the Republican and conservative line and the independence line had a shot. Well, the voters spoke loud and clear. Uh, Bowen or uh, Burke actually carried the women's equality line and the reform line and the working families line. So he had plenty of other opportunities out there as well. Um, Ballot Fusion has been here, you know, in my entire time in politics. Uh, I, I haven't heard people arguing with it until it didn't work out for them. Uh, they're trying to explain away their losses on countywide races last year, where everywhere else in the state the Republican Party got shellacked. Uh, we lost big counties everywhere. But Erie County, we carried all three countywide offices you know, on the, the coalition of the Republican conservatives and the independents. So it, trying to explain away failure is what I think that this whole resolution is. is this, this is trying to feather their own nest. Doesn't the conservative party have – more influence than it could have with the Republican Party because they, a lot of these candidates need that line, though? I, I have a great partner in Ralph Larigo, and, and we we agree on more races than we disagree on. Sometimes we disagree on races, and, and you know, we, we work it out. Um, they have chosen, uh, because of Mark Polencar's and Jeremy Zellner's personal hatred for Ralph Larigo and his family, um, they have chosen to box out uh, any of their candidates from supporting the conservative party and pursuing their line. Uh, you're even seeing that, you know, trickling down to the municipal level. And, you know, if they don't want that relationship, fine. What they, what they fail to realize is the electorate here is still rather conservative. Um, you know, Mark and Jeremy would like all voters to fit into a ideology that's probably more in tune with the Elmwood village uh, than it is, Cheektowaga, West Seneca, Hamburg, Tonawanda, you know, those, those, uh, those great, you know, towns uh, in the first ring suburbs. Uh, it, it doesn't work that way. And Democrats oftentimes will vote on the conservative line or the independence line. I mean, if it was just down to play, uh, enrollment, we'd lose every election as Republicans. We're down two to one. Just, just so you're aware, Nick, in, in the not too distant future, we hope to have both the uh, Jeremy Zellner and Mark Polencar's on here for the Democratic response. So uh, maybe I'll do that old Tim Russert thing and play them, want, play it, them your clip, yes, right? Yeah, right. We'll have, that always we'll works out well. That and Jeremy that. can enjoin me anytime <laughs> in studio if he'd like. When, Dave, when you, Dave, Dave Graber from Channel 4 has a question. When you talk about some of those redder areas or some of the areas that had been traditionally blue and in 2016 did go for Donald Trump, Aren't those the areas that really benefit from this kind of ballot fusion? So doesn't I mean, wouldn't that be somewhat scary for the GOP to, to, to have that ability or to not have that ability on, on, on Election Day? Because that's where those combinations, that's where they do the best, the outlying areas. Listen, I don't think this is any reality of becoming 
the law. Yeah. Uh, we have a, a governor's race this year, which will dictate by line the votes cast on that will dictate the order of these parties for you know the foreseeable. And it takes 50,000 votes to become a party, a permanent party. So if one of the reform or women's equality doesn't get, garner the 50, they drop well, off. then they're be gone and oh. it evaporates. Well, you, um, you, you, but a- just to finish up that point, I don't believe that the Democratic Town Chairs Association of Erie County is exactly a policymaking body. It's got to start I mean, this is, well, this is poppycock. If it was real, it would come out you've of gotta, a statewide organization. You, well, you've got to be worried, though. If, if if this fall the Democrats do take over the state Senate once and for all, they'll have the assembly. If Cuomo should win re-election, then they can, they'll have the votes to do away with fusion. Well, let, let me pose it to how many of uh, our Democratic friends in the assembly or the Senate would cross swords with the Working Families Party, which is controlled by labor. Uh, well, Working Families Party, and, and Ryan, maybe you, uh, Ryan, it's Whalen, isn't it? Yes. It is. Ryan, yes. yes. Ryan, <laughs> Ryan, Ryan will, will vouch for this. I mean, the Working Families Party had kind of a, a, a falling out with the governor. So they're, yeah. they're kind of, I'm not sure where they are. What, do, you have, do you have any inside information on this, Ryan? Well, I think, isn't that the momentum for getting rid of Fusion right now? Because the Working Families Party and the Demo- Democratic Party are about, as far apart as they've been since I've been following politics. I, I will turn this back around on you and, and, and ask the tough question to every assembly member and Senate candidate uh, running on the Democratic line if they will accept the line if given by the working families this year. Something tells me self-service will pr- provide uh, a lot of working families candidates on the you know in the assembly races, in the Senate races, that uh, they're not going to follow their governor's lead. Is that fair logic, though, because you have to play under the rule, the same rules that everybody else is playing under, even if you don't agree with those rules, right? I mean, I, you can't – are you going to put well, yourself the, the at governor, a- the governor um, has uh, tried to ask several unions to stop funding the Working Families Party, but at the same time, does he have the juice to make – Assembly members disavow that line. If he if he starved them of candidates, they would die under their own weight. They they wouldn't get the votes on the line with fifty thousand votes. I mean, there's a lot of dynamics, but this governor's bully tactics that we see time and again in Albany are really blowing up in his face. Are 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 you concerned about the Working Families Party and Cynthia Nixon? I mean, on the on the one hand. You would hope that she splits Cuomo's vote. Assuming Cuomo wins the Democratic primary, it would split the vote there. On the other hand, if Cynthia Nixon stays in and does really well, uh, working families would be the number three party. It wouldn't be the conservatives anymore. I, and I'm not going to sit and worry about ballot placement for next year and the year after. I'm worried about winning the well, governor's next year, race. And I believe strongly that Mark Molinaro has a terrific chance to be the next governor of the state of New York. Do you think we'll get Mark Molinaro on this program in the not-too-distant future? I think I could deliver that, Kevin. You think Depends so? on uh, He's a friend of yours. On you. Okay. <laughs> really? Depends on me. I'm not sure. <laughs> Dave Graber, how would you take that? Was I just threatened or what, what happened there? No. I, tell I, me. Tell me. You're, you, you've been in this I business mean, listen, for a long time. Mark Molinaro has appeared on News 4 at 630. So wow. I'm just saying that. I think he's also been on Capitol Tonight. Capital and tonight. I think he's been on Capitol Tonight. Wow. So well, who's the, who's everybody's the plugging their program. <laughs> yeah, it's me, I guess. Well, I guess I guess I need to ask. i got to get on my knees and ask the chairman. Listen, uh, we have uh, one more segment to go, but we have to take a break. We're here to the top of the hour with Nick Langworthy, Republican chair of Erie County. Also, Ryan Whalen, I think that's his name, from Capital Tonight and Spectrum News, and Dave Graber from Channel 4. I'm Kevin Hardwick. You're listening to Hardline on News Radio 930 WBEN. <laughs> 
Okay, we're back in the 80s here on the hard line. Again, thank you, Joe Beamer, uh, producer extraordinaire. Uh, sitting here with uh, Ryan Whalen. We're leading with Ryan Whalen because I forgot his name last uh, last time from uh, Capital Tonight and Spectrum News. Dave Graber from Channel Four, and uh, it's Nick. Uh, boy, I know your I know your wife. I know she was a student of mine. Langworthy, that's right, Nick Langworthy, a Republican chair. L- listen, uh, in our final segment here, let me. Uh, it'd be terrible to go an hour without asking a, a Trump question. Of course, you were one of the the president's uh, earliest backers. Uh, Chris Collins, uh, uh, of course, was the first member of Congress to back him. Um, you know, as I look at this thing, it could go either way. It could end up very good. I mean, you've got Korea all of a sudden looking very good. You've got some other things turning in the president's favor. Although some of this stuff with, with Russia and certainly the Stormy Daniels thing and and uh, Rudy Giuliani and some of the crazy things that are going on, I mean, this could turn out really bad. And, and, and are do you lose any sleep over the, the fact that maybe, uh, you know, the Republican Party will implode? Um, I, I think that the media, the, the national mainstream media, has said that we were imploding every single day since he won the election and probably every single day for the second half of the election year. So I, I really uh, think a lot of this is noise. And most Americans, I think, have tuned a lot of it out. Yeah. And, and, and there's there's uh, people, real people out there living their lives, not worrying about every single machination that the media comes up as, as the latest catastrophe uh, in, in the White House. The president's results, tax reform, you know, uh, bringing peace to the Korean Peninsula, that is real results. Ryan Whalen. So Michael Caputo... Uh, probably needs to get a second place in Washington, D.C., because he's been back there, it seems like, every week. House Intelligence, Senate Intelligence staff. I think he's going back uh, for the Senate uh, Judicial, and he, he he went before the Mueller team. Um, he he said very publicly, this is this is bankrupting, bankrupting me. I have to spend all my money on legal fees. Well, he's not broke anymore. No. He's, uh, I think Dave just looked it up, over $270,000 in the GoFundMe account. We don't know how much is in the trust. I mean, he's raised quite a bit of money. What do you, what do you think of all that? Well, I think Michael, I don't know, you know, his personal financial situation at all. Uh, but Michael's in the same boat as a lot of other people have found themselves, people that are on the White House staff uh, at all various levels. Many of them have had to retain attorneys. Anytime there's an independent counsel, uh, they're legal fees add up very quickly in washington dc um i know roger stone is one that's talked about it very publicly about how much this is costing him it could bankrupt a person um for for sure and in you know seven figures in legal fees aren't unrealistic if you're really a target of an investigation i don't know much about you know the internals uh surrounding you know michael's uh you know testimony i know what i read the you know the papers uh but you know he's he the money that was raised online clearly shows how much there is an appetite nationally for people to support people that support Donald Trump. Sure. Yeah. I, I mean, you, when you appear on, you know, either Rush Limbaugh or you appear on Hannity, you know those numbers are, are going to go up. But I think the reality is he has said it several times, and, and I don't think too many people would disagree with this. You can't go to Capitol Hill and appear before these bodies without representation and without very good representation. And, of course, he has the best in Dennis Vaco. number one. Number two, it's not over. Like Ryan just said, he's going to be back. He's going to be called back there. You can't do this alone, however much it costs at the end of the day. Now, Ryan also made a point. That fact and figure at GoFundMe was, what would you say, $20,000 on, on Monday? $20,000 on Monday, yeah. You raised $275,000 in a week, just regardless of who you appear on. Well, I, what 
you know, and that's really not out of Western New York. That's a national that's true. fundraising campaign. Right. So I, I think what it really demonstrates is Michael laid out his story on Hannity as well as the Rush Limbaugh program, how much people want to support people that uh, are being attacked with the president. And, you know, Michael certainly laid out, you know, the scenario that, you know, he feels that he's under attack. He also laid out the fact that Mueller's investigation team and, of course, Mueller himself are very well prepared. He said they have every single email. They know everything. They know more than the people who were involved in that campaign. So I to say that there's nothing there there, if you have a guy who testified before them even admitting they have everything, something, something is going to be there. They're not doing this just to spin their wheels. I, I mean, you would certainly hope they wouldn't be out there just wasting taxpayers' right. money on an investigation like this, but uh, they, this has been going on for a long time now. Sure. And uh, the rabbit holes that you hear that this is diving down into isn't germane to, you know, the real issues at hand. I mean, you're, you're talking about secondary conversations with, you know, third and fourth tier staffers that have nothing to do. I mean, you know, many of us have worked, you know, you in the media and, and, and Kevin certainly has worked as a senior staffer. I mean, junior people don't really interact with the principal all that right. much. And he said in three and a half hours or three hours of testimony before the Mueller team um, on Thursday, not one time did the name Donald the, Trump ever the, come up. The, the junior staffers, however, are oftentimes the ones that suffer. I mean, remember the, the impeachment proceedings against uh, uh, President Clinton uh, and, and the, uh, the special counsel there. And a, a lot of a lot of his aides just ran up all sorts of money and and lawyers and and it was just it was just oh, terrible. I, I mean, I mean, this happens on both sides. It's yeah. very ludicrous. I mean, it, it could you know think if you're a, a young you know thirty something that hasn't established themselves in life. I mean, you could be absolutely buried yeah. by by something like this and the debt that comes from it. Let, let me ask another Trump question. You know, I uh, I was at uh, my wife and I and my granddaughter were in Cleveland yesterday. My niece was graduating from Baldwin Wallace University. Um, and the big news there was that Trump was there. And, you know, it's but you, you, you turn on the TV there. It's wall to wall ads and everybody's for Trump or against Trump or whatever. There must be some primaries coming up in Ohio. Um, do you think do you think that uh, we're going to see the president get involved in any races in New York state, whether it be the gubernatorial, whether it be Chris Collins's race? Do you anticipate uh, him making a trip to this area again? You know, he, he seemed to kind of like it when he was here before. Um, he's got a great relationship with with many folks here in Buffalo, as you know. Um, you know, we were very early supporters. Uh, I don't think that. Um, you know, right now there's anything on the table. I mean, the president's time uh, on the campaign trail is is very uh, tightly spent. Um, you know, when he does make himself available, I mean, he's got a huge job to do. He, he's not, he, you know, the vice president's doing a lot of you know campaign stops around the country, but the president, you know, hasn't you know made this a, a full time dedication. He's got a, he's got to. He's got to, however, especially with the House of Representatives. I do yeah. think there's several House seats in in the state. There's a primary, you know, coming up in actually New York City, which is high profile. I don't think he'll wade into that if he hasn't already, um, but. Really, I, I think he's a boost, if, she? if if the if the, if the house sure. flips, if the house becomes democratic, do you think impeachment is a is a huge possibility in this partisan climate? If for some reason you know Nancy Pelosi got the gavel back, that'll be her first order of business is impeaching yeah. the president on on whatever well, sort it's of not trumped just, up charge that she could. And, and, and you know, it's not just it's just just impeachment. It's everything leading up to it. It's investigations and things like that. Oh, I mean, it, uh, it, the it, House it, Investigation com Committee is now controlled by Republicans. 
and they kind of short-circuited their investigation. If Nancy Pelosi gets the gavel, they will have articles of impeachment by the end of January of next year. I mean, it's just that is what they exist to accomplish at this point. They can't accept the fact they lost the 2016 election, which should have been a layup for them. They blew it. Got about two and a half minutes left. Ryan Whalen has a question. It's interesting, and obviously I don't know what is happening with the Mueller investigation. None of us will until some sort of report comes out, but I haven't heard as much about Russia collusion these days as I have about Stormy Daniels. And I just can't wrap my head around what the benefit is for the president to go get interviewed by this team for everything that we've heard from Michael Caputo about it. What we know about the president sometimes talking off the cuff, you know, media is afraid to say lie, um, but, you know, fast and loose with the truth sometimes. I'd be deathly afraid of um, him perjuring himself in these interviews. Do you think he should do this? I mean, I, I really at this point don't see what the value would be, you know, for him to to do this. I mean, you know, this whole thing really, again, how how, how long does an investigation need to go? Either there's something there or there's not. I mean, we're, this was all supposed to be how did Russia, you know, kidnap 65 million Americans and make them go vote for Donald Trump, which is basically what they were trying to explain away their losses with. Uh, and now, uh, you know, we're fast forward through and, and, and they can't find any sort of credible ties to collusion. And now we're down other rabbit holes that are completely not germane to the original so, topic. Some of the stuff out there is kind of interesting, kind of very, very scary. Uh, last question, I'll go to uh, Dave Graber at Channel 4. I guess I'm curious if at the end of the day, if anything happens with it, whether it's a, a charge against a lower tier campaign worker or some collusion closer to the top of the campaign, would it matter in this day and age? I mean, we've talked, we were laughing before we started the segment, uh, before we started, before we got in here, you know, Donald Trump could shoot somebody in uh, on Niagara Falls Boulevard and it may not make a difference. This country is so divided as it is. What are we, what are we going to do? I, I think that uh, the president's supporters see a witch hunt, a partisan witch hunt, and that's what's really been going on here for the last year and a half. This, this investigation, you know, really seems to be a total sham uh, and, and, the, the other side has decided they want to impeach the president regardless, just because they don't like him. Right. And, 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 and that's going to have to be the last word. They don't like him. Yeah. They don't okay. like him. Anyway, uh, I want to thank Dave Graber from Channel 2, Ryan Wellen of Spectrum News for helping me uh, quiz our, uh, our guest this hour, Nick Langworthy. Uh, also want to thank producer Joe Beamer. We're out of time now, but we'll be back next week. Again, hope to have Jeremy Zellner and Mark Polakars on soon for the Democratic response. I'm Kevin Hardwick. You're, you've been listening to Hardline on News Radio 930 WBEN.